Why do we walk through doors? Because on the other side, there is great blessing. Open doors are about callings, not comfort. Open doors mean stepping into something new. Open doors require faith, not fear. You don't need the faith to finish. You just need the faith to start. Haven't we had an amazing series, this unshakable series, this last, I think, six weeks has just been outstanding, hasn't it? I have the real privilege of ending it all now. Not doesn't sound good, does it? Thank you. Of ending the series. That sounds better. But, you know, you can already see I've got my little props, as always. I've loved it. I've loved it. I've loved that I am unshakable. Do you know that? I'm unshakable. I guess you are all unshakable too. Do you know what? I'm in an unshakable kingdom. Anyone out there in an unshakable kingdom? Yes. What about an unshakable conviction that God's word is right? Yeah. You got that as well? Yes. What about an unshakable soul? who's making unshakable decisions now? Those things that come on, are you making unshakable decisions? Oh, yes. Oh, do you know, you 11.30 are so noisy. I love it. The 9.30, I have to tell you, I shouldn't tell tales. They're a bit quiet, to be honest. You are such a better crowd. Sorry, but you are. Yeah, you're, you're the noisy crowd. So there I am. On my unshakable and in feeling so unshakable. Do you know the one thing that sometimes can make me come off this? It's the one thing that I really, really love. And no, this isn't a shield. This is my wobble board. In the first um, preach, I actually had a, a mic which was on me. So it's easier to do this. So here we go. Here we go, people. I'm doing it with a microphone. There we go. Easy. And this, woo. <laughs> I'm unsha- I'm shakeable. And do you know why I'm shakeable? Relationships. Relationships. They make me shake sometimes. And they make you shake. Because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I know that they make you shake. I know that inside... Does that person like me? Does that not person like me? Don't mention that person's name. I never want to see them again. Oh, that work colleague. <laughs> Where are you? You're on your wobble board and you're wobbling. But do you know what? God doesn't want you here. This morning, I'm telling you, God does not want you here. He wants you right back up here. He wants you to have unshakable relationships. And this morning, we're going to talk about that. We're going to go through some principles. We're going to see what the Word of God says. Because I really am so passionate that as you walk out those doors, you're going to be standing firm. Yeah, there might be some things that you need to do. You might walk out of here and you think, hmm, Maybe need to find that person. Maybe need to touch base with that person. Maybe I need to sort that attitude out. But you know what? You're going to be standing on an unshakable foundation with your relationships. So what relationships are we talking about? Let's go through them so I can hit you. Because you might already been thinking, "Mm, that's not me. What about the relationships, husbands and wives? 
what about, oh, siblings? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one, isn't it? What about parents? our mums and our dads, because we've had a long time of living with our lovely parents. And sometimes, mm-hmm, they can be a bit shakeable, those relationships. What about the boyfriend and the girlfriend? Is that a shakeable relationship? Or is it on here? Unshakeable. Really important, boyfriends and girlfriends. Don't know why I'm saying this. Didn't say in the first one, but I'm just telling you, your relationship needs to be unshakeable. What about then, what about your friends, your church friends? What about your work colleagues? What about your relationship with yourself? Are you shaking or are you sturdy? And lastly, the most important relationship at all. What's your relationship with God? Are you over here wobbling? Ooh. I don't know whether God knows me. I don't know whether this about God. I don't know whether that about God. Are you here? I know my God. I know he loves me. I know I'm a child of God. So they're the relationships I want you all to think about. I want, as I'm preaching, you to think about that. Because I just know that the Holy Spirit is going to start talking to you. I know already some of you are getting that, ooh, ouch. I do not like that woman up there because she's just making me ouch a bit because I've suddenly remembered about that friend. Oh, and I've just suddenly remembered about this. But that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit who's actually speaking to you right now. I believe there's a real stirring, a real stirring for relationships and reconciliation of different relationships in this room. I really declare right now that relationships are good. God wants us to have stable relationships not wobbly ones. He wants us to be firm in who we are and who we are with others. Because he's a good God. And you know what? Do you know what I love about God? I love that he is so honest to us. Because he, when you look through the Bible, there are so many different stories about relationships. Unlike us. On a Sunday, when here we go, I didn't have a fight with my husband. Ooh, in the car. <laughs> um, I am talking to my siblings. Oh, I have forgiven that person. Maybe not. Yummy. I'm not going to fall off. You look really concerned. Then bless you. Thank you. <laughs> I've been practicing a long time. <laughs> But that's what we do. And we come in to church with all that going on and all that rubbish going on. Because it is rubbish. But it's not helping us. And you know, in church, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus, Katie. All is good. All is good. Praise Jesus, Tim. Everything's fine. But you're not being honest with yourselves. Today is a day to be really honest with yourselves. Today is a day to really hear the Holy Spirit. Because do you know what? God wants to do business today. He wants to do business with each one of you. Because he loves you. He is your father and he loves you so much. And he wants to do business today with your relationships. So I said that all to say, how good is God in the Bible? Okay, let's think about this. David. Samuel comes to anoint the new king. Da, da, da. His father 
David's father doesn't even remember him. That's such a unstable relationship. It's not stable at all, is it? But I want to ask you, who's forgotten you? Who's forgotten you? Who are you got that inside that think, yeah, I got forgotten by those friends? There was a party on, I saw an Insta, but I didn't get invited. Or maybe you've forgotten for promotion. Maybe you always feel that your mum forgot you, but remembered your older brother. He was forgotten. Then, what about, and I love this one, Martha. Now, if you don't know, Martha was cooking meals and washing and doing everything. Well, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And I love Martha. I love her feistiness. And there's a little bit of Martha in me, I know. But I don't think I would have done this. I wouldn't have been as mean as this. Martha calls Mary out to Jesus, the Son of God. In my paraphrase, Oi, Jesus get lazy bones, come in that kitchen and start doing some washing for me. How have you been called out? Have you been called out by somebody? Have you been called out in your school by somebody, the teacher? Who is that? Oh, it's you. Oh, it's her. It's her. Maybe you've been called out in the office. Maybe you've been called out by some members of your family. Well, it's all there in the Bible because God understands totally what you're going through. What about Joseph? Very quickly. His brothers didn't like him. First of all, they're going to kill him, and then they're going to make him a slave. So they make him a slave. Well, what's happened to you? Maybe you've been pushed out of your school group. Maybe you've been pushed out of work. Maybe you feel that there's people against you, and you've been pushed out. Just like Joseph was pushed out of his family. Maybe that's what you're feeling, and that relationships are rocky. Lastly, Esau and Jacob. Jacob swindles Esau out of his birthright with his mother's help. That's mean people, isn't it? Don't you think it's mean? There's some mean people and some unsteady relationships. Maybe you've had family and friends. Maybe somebody swindled you out of something. Maybe somebody swindled you out of your birthright. Maybe somebody swindled you with some finances. Maybe you had a business partner that left you. And that means that you're over here on your wobble board, rather on here. Relationships are so, so important. Maybe you have, because of all those things I've said, maybe you do have that fear of intimacy. I don't want to go, you know, No way. I'll only go so far. I'll be friends in that way, but never go further. Maybe you just have that line that you will never cross, and you've made a vow within yourself. I'm never going to trust anybody ever again. I never want to ever, ever have anybody that close. I never want to have another business partner. I never want to do anything like that. Do you know, today, God is so going to help you. He's so going to heal you, and he's so going to speak to you, because... You need rock, steady, unshakable relationships. It's God's gift to you guys. So today is a day of leaving some of those things behind and saying, you know what? My relationships today are going to be rock steady. And I'm actually going to be rock steady to other people as well. 
Rabbi Daniel Lapin explains that in the Jewish faith, to be deprived of friends and relationships is a sentence of death. And here we are, here's some stats, because you always need a few stats in a preach, so here's my stats moment. Uh, loneliness, so not having any relationships, increases the likelihood of mortality by 26%. So it's really important that we have relationships, and it's really, really important that we have relationships with others as well, and that we make that, that step forward to other people. Over 9 million people were, um, were given some, I suppose some, I can't think what the word I'm going to say, were, were given some uh, review of what, uh, what they felt. So these 9 million people, one-fifth of those people say they are always or often lonely. But actually, two-fifths admitted that they would never tell anyone. So that's three-fifths of nine million people are feeling lonely. And do you know what? Some of them are probably sitting here now, but there's a lot more outside. And as Christians and as people who love Jesus, we should be going outside. So what do relationships do? Why, why am I going on about how important relationships are? Can I just remind you what relationships do? In our low points, there's somebody to talk to. I found that really helpful, just having that person to talk to, maybe have a cup of tea with. Their comfort, their care. Relationships, people advise us. They encourage us. They input wisdom into our lives. And then there's our high points as well. Let's remember those high points, how good it is to celebrate with friends when we've had a win, how good it is to have fun with friends, how good it is to laugh with friends. Relationships are so, so important. So I want to ask you some questions just to get you thinking. Do you have at least one person nearby you could call in times of distress? Do you have that relationship with somebody does somebody have that relationship with you? They know that they can call you in times of distress. Do you know the names of your work colleagues, children? Do you know them? Do you know those children's names? Or are you just tasking? Oh, by the way, can you just get that photocopying done? Oh, by the way, can you just put, input that? And you actually have no relationship with those work colleagues. Do you have several people you could visit without little warning and without apologizing? Just turn up that place. Hi. And we're not talking family, because family are different this time. Friends, that you could just land at their house. And who was the last person you intentionally invited into your house? Because that's relationship building. Do you have several people you can share your hobbies, your fitness, your interests with? You know that just person, oh, I've got this new, I've just bought this. Do you have people like that? Or do you just isolate yourself? And when was the last time you had a meaningful conversation? When was the last time you had a meaningful conversation with someone? Not a friend, not a family, but a friend. Somebody you're building relationship with. Because relationships are important. As unshakable Christians, we should be able to cultivate healthy relationships 
We've not been created to be alone. Deuteronomy 32 verse 30, it says, One shall put a thousand to flight, but two shall put ten thousand to flight. What I see in that is not the big numbers, but the small numbers. What you can do is one person, but what you can do together. And I said in the first service, just a practical, when my kids were more about the house, when the dishwasher needed to be undone, oh, crumbs, 20 minutes in the kitchen. Anybody want to help mum with the dishwasher? I'd like to say they always ran. But maybe there was a little bit of, oh, but I'll get you something. Please come and help me. Whatever they did. But they did. And when they did, oh my goodness, my dishwasher. Five minutes. Done. So, you know, in that silly practical example of somebody helping me with my dishwasher, but how much more with the most serious things that are going on in our lives? If we had people around us, how much they could help us and how much we could help others because we're unshakable in our relationships with God. I'm going to just go through five principles right now of unshakable relationships. It's just five. You might think of others, but these are the five that I thought of. And these are the five that I think God really wants to speak into your lives. The first one is understanding. When we have unshakable relationships, we have an understanding of people. We understand where they're coming from. We're not over here thinking, ah, ah, what's going on? Because we understand. How do we understand? It says in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We're not to lean on our own understanding. We're to lean on God's, but we're actually meant to get understanding from other people. We must seek that understanding with these relationships. And the word I want to use is empathy. And empathy just means that we put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. We understand what they're going through. Very often in my life, I thought somebody was doing something quite different than they should be. Or maybe you've had it, somebody's been really, really rude to you or not been angry with you. When you get empathy and you put yourselves in their shoes and you walk the journey that they're walking, you suddenly see why they're angry. You suddenly see why they've given you a sharp word. You suddenly see everything that's going on in their lives. And suddenly... That relationship is unshakable. Rather, let's be honest, our hackles have gone up. We might have said something a bit unkind or we might have moved away. We understand what that person's going through. With all of this, obviously, we need to communicate. We need to be talking to people. We need to be listening to people. And that thread goes through all these five points. So that's for others. But what about us? What about us? There's some of you here, you've had some sharp words said to you. You've had some things that haven't happened as you thought. And I can equate to that because I remember 
when I was younger, and I really had to learn this lesson really, really quick. I was the sort of girl in my group of friends who always organized stuff. Oh, let's have a birthday get-together for so-and-so. Oh, do you want to put some money towards something? Oh, do you want to get some flowers? Oh, do you want to do this? Or do you want to do that? Do you want to do this? Oh, they're not well. I'll go around and see them. And then it was my birthday. (laughs) And then I wasn't very well. nothing. Now, we know that we are fearfully and wonderfully created by God. I am unique. There's only one Sally Ede, and I know you can say praise Jesus to that. That's fine. I've got big shoulders, but there is only one of me. But that means the person who's just done something different to what you assumed is different too. They're unique. They're not going to do the same as you. And I know often I've heard people go, but why did they? Why why did they? You know why? Because they're not you. They're not you. And, you know, I suddenly had to stop. And I remembered my friends. And I thought about them. And I thought, I was just going, I was probably when this all occurred. It was about 1920. And I remembered, oh, my goodness. One of them came over to my house and helped me with my CV. Yeah. Might not have done a birthday bit for me. They might not have been there when I was ill. But you know they were there for my CV. And actually, I wouldn't go around to somebody's house and do their CV because that's not me. And then another friend did something else. And I thought, oh, my goodness. That's because we're unique. So I say to you, have understanding. Otherwise, if you don't get understanding, you will be rocking. Why is this person doing this? Why is that person doing that? But when you get understanding... Aha, this relationship is good. I understand it. I'm cool. The second one we've got to do is kindness. And in Proverbs 15, verse 4, it says, When you speak kind words, you offer others fruit from the tree of life. But unhealthy, negative words do nothing but crush people's hopes. (gasps) Let's speak kindly to one another. Can I just say, there's so much I could do on this one, but there's just one thing I want to say. I love a bit of banter. Um, And people who know me know that I banter. I love a giggle. I love a laugh. But can I just say, dial it down sometimes, because sometimes that banter just goes on. And especially if if you're at uni or you're at school, that banter can get cruel. And those words, instead of being fun, become quite barbed, (gasps) and they become that sword that wounds, and you feel quite wounded, and everybody else is laughing, but inside you're, (laughs) that was not funny, that really hurt, so let's be careful, let's not have foolish talk, sometimes we talk foolishly, I know in situations in my life, when something's happened, sometimes it's been, unfortunately, some very sad times in my life, People have said the craziest things to me. And you're just thinking, what did they say that for? Do you know what they are? They're just embarrassed. So they said the first thing out of their mouth, and it's been foolish. And you might find that, that people are doing that. That doesn't mean they don't like you. They're just talking foolish talk. So be careful. Don't start wobbling on that board. Have that unshakable, unshakable kindness and unshakable kindness to others every single time. 
for us. It says here in Proverbs 14, every wise woman encourages and builds up her home and family, but a foolish woman over time will tear it down by her own actions. That could obviously be a man as well, just like to know that. So it's just not women. Just feel I need to say that. Um, how easy it is not to be kind to ourselves. How many times when somebody says, oh, that's a really lovely outfit. Oh, it's quite old, actually. Oh, new haircut. No, 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 not really, no. Oh, have you been to the gym recently? Oh, no, it's just a bigger jumper. <laughs> We're not kind to ourselves. And when people are giving us really nice things, oh, no, 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 no. We used to say here, and it was from when we had some women's conferences, and we used to write on the mirrors, be kind to the girl in the mirror. Can I say to you, be kind to yourself. Stop calling yourself a loser. Stop calling yourself a lightweight. Stop calling yourself ugly. Stop calling them all those words that you've been calling yourself. Can I just say, stop it. It's not true. So we've done understanding. We've done kindness. The third one I want to do is conflict. Conflicts will come. And they will come in families, through siblings, through parents. And sometimes we can find ourselves in the middle of conflict, which can then mean we're on the wobble board again. And we're not standing on our unshakable relationships. There's a verse in Luke 12, 13 to 15. It says, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus said, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Do you know what? Jesus sometimes decided that he wasn't going to get involved with conflict. Do you know, as Christians, sometimes there's something within our DNA that we feel we should get involved with everything. And sometimes there are battles that we shouldn't be involved with. If it's two siblings, maybe let just the two siblings get on with it. I have a close, close friend who got involved and the two siblings are now not talking to her and haven't been talking to her for a year because she decided to get involved and it wasn't her battle. And she admits it now, it wasn't my battle. Why did I get involved? So just be careful with the conflicts that you get involved with. If it is necessary that you get involved in a conflict, listen to the second part of Jesus, what Jesus says. Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. He knew the motivation of that young man who was saying, teacher, come and sort this out. Just make sure if you're going to get into a conflict, just make sure that you know the motivation Oh, I have been tricked by my kids so many times by some things. And I've suddenly thought, uh -ha, I've just got into a little bit of a argy-bargy with you. And this isn't the whole thing. Underneath it, there's more going on. So I say to you, just check motivation. Learn what battles, what conflicts to get involved in. Check there and your motivation, as I, I know. The other thing is that sometimes there's conflict. We've talked about conflict to others. Maybe there's been conflict at you, and it's hurt. It's that wound again. Ow, I'm walking, I'm walking with a limp. That person said this 
to me and that hurt. Can I just give you a little bit of advice and something that I just have this little, these few sentences that go around my head. Do I know that person who upset me? Yeah, I do. I know them really well, actually. I've known them for 20 years. Uh-huh, okay. Has their heart always been good towards me? Yeah, their heart has always been good to me. So, so it's quite weird that now I'm really, really upset with them because their heart always been good and I do know them. Have they ever meant me harm? Oh, no, they've never meant me harm. So then, my offence, because sometimes we get offended with what people, has to go because actually it was probably them just having foolish talk and bad communication to us. But if we let it brew, we have a wobbly relationship and a friendship that's gone or a sibling we don't talk to or a mum and dad that we only see on Father's Day or Mother's Day and actually we have no relationship to. So I would just say when there's conflict, really, really dig deep in what's going a lot of conflict. I deal with a lot of people who come in and want to talk to me. And sometimes they will tell me they haven't spoken to somebody for a long time. And so we'll dig deep into them and say, well, when did this happen? And do you know what? They can't remember. They cannot remember what caused this five-year rift. So it couldn't have been that important. So before it gets there, ask those questions. So number four, forgiveness. Forgiveness is the big one. We want justice, don't we? We want justice. Somebody has upset us and we want justice. Forgiveness doesn't make the other person right. It makes you free. Do you know, this morning, some of you need to be free. You're, you're holding on to unforgiveness and you need to let it go because you need to be free. Holding a grudge. Maybe there's some of you who've got some grudges against people. It's like eating poison and expecting someone else to die. Forgiveness releases you from the cage you were in. Do you know what? If you haven't forgiven somebody, you're actually in a cage. You might not know that, but you are. You've been caged in. And forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. So if you're not feeling it to go and forgive your cousin, or you're not feeling it to actually go and speak to your work colleague, it doesn't work. It's a choice. It's a choice that you have. And I told this story last time I was preaching about the oyster. And it's such a lovely, natural way, natural story because our God is a creator God and he created oysters. And you might like them or not like them. But anyway, whatever they are, they are a little squidgy animal inside a shell. And I can see some of you all going, mm. um, and they open and close. And as they open and close, things go in and out. So there might be sand that goes in. That's fine. But also there might be sharp objects. And they, they cut the oyster. Or there might be parasites who will come in and eat the oyster. But you know, God, in his amazing creativity, has caused this substance called nacre, which is actually the mother of pearl. And when something comes in, it swirls round it and makes it solid. So it can't harm the oyster. But if the oyster does not create the nacre, it will die. 
and it become an empty shell. And you know, God does not want any of you to be empty shells. And if you're feeling an empty shell this morning and you're just thinking, that's what I am, I'm an empty shell, I have good news for you. Because the nature that God gives us is called forgiveness. And you have a choice this morning to forgive anybody that has made you be wobbling and not un an unshakable relationship. So I would say to you, if this is if this is getting to you and you're thinking, yes, I need to forgive, there'll be an opportunity. You can talk to your small group leaders. You can do it yourself. You can just forgive that person, but do it. Don't be an empty shell anymore. It's not what God's created for you. God's created so many good things for you. He wants you to flourish. He doesn't want you to be an empty shell. So we need to forgive others. And do you know what else? We need to forgive us, ourselves. Sometimes we've done some numpty things and we're cross with ourselves. Do you need to forgive yourselves? It's part of your identity in Christ. Sometimes we've, we've made bad decisions. But you know, forgive yourself. Remember? Kindness. Be kind to yourself and forgive yourself. The last one is love. Oh, that's such a huge one. But you know, if you want unshakable relationships, you need to really need to grasp love. You really need to grasp love and you need to love people. And that's why you need to get rid of the unforgiveness. That's why you need to be kind. That's why you need to be dealing with conflicts because you need to be walking in love. It's what we do as Christians. It's what people see in us. And Father God, we've heard already today, sent his son Jesus. What what an amazing love gift to each of us that he sent his son Jesus for us and this son Jesus was so good with relationships if you go through the gospels this is what Jesus did with his disciples he had they ate together how relationship building is that did I ask you when you last had somebody around for a meal oh and also they learned together who's in a small group here Great relationship building. Or who you've invited to one of your small groups. They rested together. Can we say that's having fun together? Who are you having fun with? Who are you going just catching a coffee with? Having a giggle with? They went on boat rides. I don't think I'm going to go with that one. But, and mountain climbing. But if that's your thing, go on a boat ride with people. It's relationship building and mountain climbing. Jesus did it. So it can't be bad. They prayed together. Who are you praying with? Do you know, my son's off to Boston and I have got some my friends, my relationship friends, they are praying for my son because he's going off to Boston to help at a camp. It's a, it's a, a Christian type camp as well. And I'm believing. They know my mummy heart. They know me. They have understanding. And my friends are praying. I have friends who pray. Have you got those friends? I also have another friend that I'm praying for her because her health is really serious at the moment. And I'm praying for her. I'm standing in the gap for her because that's what you do. That's what you do when you have unshakable relationships. You take the time and you pray for your friends and those relationships. 
and you are prayed for too. And then also, oh, last one is Jesus fished with them. So I don't know if there's any anglers out there, but you can fish together. Don't know. Love is sacrificial. Love is self-giving. We need to put other people's needs before our own. I love 1 Corinthians 13, 14, which is where the love is. And I just start on the first one and I put my name in it, which we've done all, you've heard before. So Sally is kind. Sally is patient. Ooh-hoo. Why don't you do that this week? If you want to check how you are gauged with your love, go to that verse and put your name in it and be honest to yourself. You don't need to tell anyone else, but be honest to yourself where you are in your love walk. God created us to, um, us to offer relationships to others because he wants no one to miss out on an intimate connection with him. That's love. And church, can I just ask you, this is the last, last preach of the Unshakeable series. Can I pray for you guys? Can I just ask you that if I could pray with you just about after this series and everything that we've learned and everything we've learned together, would that be okay? Anybody who wants to be unshakable and wants prayer, can you just raise your hands and I'm going to pray and you're going to pray at the same time and you're going to pray for that person on your left and on your right, that we're going to be an unshakable church. We're going to be unshakable people in an unshakable kingdom. So let's go. Father God, I thank you that you are an unshakable God. This Father's Day, we thank you that we can look to you and we know that you are unshakable. You are always there. You always hear us. Your word is true. And we thank you that we can come to you now in an assurance and a confidence But Father, we pray for each one of us, people on our left and people on our right, people behind us, that they will have an unshakable conviction. They will have an unshakable principles. They will know that they're living in an unshakable kingdom. Father, we pray that as we go about our days, we make unshakable decisions. But Father, I pray too that our souls will be unshakable. But Father God, for this day, I pray for unshakable relationships. I pray for every single person the Holy Spirit has touched who needs to go home and needs to forgive. I pray, Father God, that you will help them and give them that help as they choose to forgive. For those of you that have taken offence, I pray that offence is taken back and that they will walk in new relationships. I pray for families, that there'll be reconciliation in families as they become unshakable families. Father, I pray for work colleagues. I pray for church friends and I pray for friends. That if there's been things amiss, you'll bring them back to good. And I pray for every single person here that they will have an unshakable relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.